Hi, everybody. It's the Atheism UK podcast. As you can see, I've got uh, Rich, John, and Embers with us today. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Cups of tea? Yeah, oh, good. Yes. Yeah, tea. <laughs> as we always have. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, the, the concept of... Uh, the value of debates, you know, we've, we've, uh, there's the few of us that have done uh, debates with theists and uh, uh, they sort of turn into sort of philosophical, what is it? Theological? Philosophical. That's oh, <laughs> a big word. It. Philosophical sort of, you know, rabbit holes uh, a lot of the time. Um, but we're going to talk about the sort of the value of it as well. So, uh, guys, I mean, John, you, you've been doing quite a lot of this stuff recently on your own podcasts. Um, what do you see about the value of debate? Do you see it's actually worth doing? I do, yes. Um, I haven't done any live ones lately, thanks to lockdown. But I debated Imran Hussain at Manchester University in February 2020, just before we locked down. And I also debated, what's his name, Andy, I uh, can't remember his name. He's a Christian who I debated just before Christmas 2019 at St. Andrews University. And these debates can be seen online. The, um, the, the Muslim one was brilliantly filmed by the Islamic Research and Education Association, uh, they, I had two microphones on me, and, and they had several cameras, and they've edited it, edited, edited it together very well. And it, it's had 96,000 views on their website, i.e. I-R-E-A, on their YouTube channel, I should say. So it seems to have done some something, you know, if that many people. It's a two-hour video. I've I've done some clips from it and uh, put them on my personal channel, which is um, Free, Thought, Free Thought Productions channel. And, but, I, of course, what you don't expect to be able to do is convert the person that you are debating. Right, yeah, no, obviously. No. So what is the value, then, of actually doing these? If You're, you're doing it for the audience. Uh, John, can I just jump in there and ask you what the uh, the topic was, sure. um, and yeah. what was the outcome? Well, we didn't have a a poll at the end. We didn't have a show of hands or anything. The topic was, well, largely the meaning of life, and the, the title was "Is Life Absurd Without God?" And uh, he argued that it was. And so did I. <laughs> I said, it's absurd without God, and it's more absurd with God. Well, actually, uh, to quote Douglas Adams, it's uh, 42. Mm. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, we had to get that in. Yeah. 42! What do you think the, uh, the sort of uh, the value that they get yeah, when, you, when you're debating a theist? What do you think is the value that they get from these debates? Are they putting this on to... Uh, show the absurdity of atheism? Is that their goal, do you think? Well, as I said, they edited it very fairly and put it up there for anybody to take whatever they could from watching the event. So I've got no complaints about that. And I, I was speaking only, um, was it yesterday? Yes, I think it was yesterday, to a person who 
started life as a member of the Plymouth Brethren. And he is now... That's not a good start to life, that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He was a, his parents were missionaries, which makes it worse. <laughs> and he, he is now a, a thoroughgoing atheist. And it was because he met some people who debated with him. They challenged his beliefs. And, and eventually he had to accept that he was wrong and they were right. And he's coming on my show on, um, on August the 28th. So we'll have an hour-long chat. He's a very interesting guy. Yeah, that sounds absolutely, and it actually does sound like um, when he changed his mind, was that as a result of that debate? Was it? Did he change his mind immediately, or no? No, it wasn't an epiphany, as he calls it. It was his name's Matthew Taylor. Come and watch um, my show, Free Thought Hour, on Free Thought Productions YouTube channel. On Saturday the twenty eighth at eight thirty our time UK BST, and uh, you see what he has to say. He was actually, although he was born in this country, he was raised in Zambia, where his parents were being missionaries. So he had, he's got quite an interesting story to tell. I would imagine. Hmm. I mean, yeah, and, and, and my uh, my point is that um, do do people go to these debates to actually listen to what the other side is saying or do they just go to debates to support the people that they uh, agree with um, so uh, that's you know what I've, what I've sort of experienced okay well some and some would be my answer to that because most of the audience in the lecture theatre at Manchester University were obviously Muslim. But, for example, Guy Otten was there. He's now one of our council members. And so were several other atheists. And we had a little, they rushed down and in, not quite embraced me, but gathered around me at the end of the event. Rushed down. It's a tiered lecture theatre. You know, so they rushed down onto the uh, dais and uh, made contact. So in that case, there was mostly supporters of my opponent, but a few handpicked supporters on our side of the, the story. And the same is true of the event in St. Andrews University, where, uh, again, it's not a, such a good quality recording because I made it myself with my phone on a tripod. But you'll hear some of the audience supporting me. See, that's the thing. I mean, um, you know, are you going there to try and change minds? And I would say you're probably going there to maybe plant seeds rather than yes. change minds immediately. I mean, it's very, very, very rare yes. that you will debate a believer or be in an audience um, that's made up of believers yes. and instantly and have that epiphany moment. Yes. And one of the things that I've read from the literature is deconversion processes do take time. Um, and a lot of the time, you know, when you're going to one of these events, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to be up front. I don't like debates. I don't like doing them. I don't like watching them. I don't I don't like them. It's personal, personal opinion. Well, 
but I still see the value of them um, in certain circumstances. Um, you know, I don't like going to debates because, firstly, I've heard all of the religious arguments before. I've heard them all before. We know that they're all ridiculous. Um, and we could probably all debunk them quite easily in a chat like this. I find it myself, when I am debating, very difficult to come up with answers on the spot. I'm not that spontaneous when it comes to debating. So I don't like I don't like that. And I always walk away from these things feeling should have said that, should have said that, should have said that. Yes. I think, although I think we all do that anyway, even if, yeah, yeah. Even if we uh, yeah. technically win the debate. And I'm also very impatient, and I know that I'm impatient. But there are people out there who are good debaters, who are better debaters than I am. Um, and I think that uh, their job in planting seeds is very valuable. I mean, to give you some idea of, of, of that, I, mean, I remember the... I remember the last convention I went to, um, and fun enough, we were having a similar um, presentation on the value of debating religious people. And um, the the speaker, I can't remember who it was, but the speaker said, "How many of you in this room um, used to be religious?" Now, this convention was in the United States, and. Um, as is often the case with these things, a majority of people in the room put their hand up. Okay. Um, then they asked, how many of you deconverted in part because of an argument that they heard during a debate? And most people's hands stayed up. So a debate or an argument that was heard at a debate did, in part, influence their deconversion. And then he asked, how many of you deconverted on the spot? And everybody put their hands down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so I think, as you say, I think debates are incredibly valuable. You're very rarely actually addressing the person that you are debating, really. You're appealing to the audience. And um, I remember, again, one of my American friends who actually said, I would rather be in a hall full of believers and have a debate in a hall where there is literally I'm the only non-believer there because I can reach more people. Um, some people treat, as, you, as we mentioned earlier, some people treat debates like a spectator sport. You go along, you cheer your person, you cheer your side, and then you come away, and very few Minds are changed. Um, again, I don't enjoy those. I don't enjoy those at all. I don't find them entertaining. I don't find them useful, me personally. But if we can reach members of the audience, then fantastic. Well, that's, that's why I always try to get it videoed for that reason. And I want to, I want to get it more widely distributed. But um, you're right. I, I liked your, um, I wish I'd said that, Little anecdote. Because the, the French actually have an expression for that. They call it humour de l'escalier, because in, in Paris, everybody lives in a block of flats, and they pass going up and down the stairs, 
And it's only when they've gone up a couple of flights that they remember or they think, I should have said that yeah. you know, in, the, in their passing exchange. Yes. But, yeah, you don't, you don't get people to swing. These people that attend, as you say, it's not everybody's cup of tea, is it? Cup no. of tea. Yeah. Because, because, you know, some people would rather be, I don't know, watching football, watching comedy on TV. There's lots of other things to do. So mm. the people who turn up for a debate are the hardcore. These mm. are the people who are either extremely religious or extremely non-religious. And there's no apathetic people in between that you could convert, really. They're doing something else. It's on the sort of, you know, the, the formatted uh, official debate circuit. I think that's very, very true. My only experience of, of this, really, and I've, I've told you this, is that um, I used to do a debating club and uh, they talk about lots of different things. And most of the time I'd sit in the audience and I'd ask questions and, and that sort of thing. But because I was sort of known as an atheist and uh, I spoke out about it quite a few times, uh, I was the one that was sort of dragged up to stage to talk to, to a theist. And uh, I learned quite a lot from that. And one of the things that I learned more than anything else is that you're never going to change someone's mind, as you've said. It's, you're not there to do that. What I found um, very helpful for me was to ask questions and then when they've answered the question to then re-question the answer because a lot of things that I found with, um, with theists in that sort of environment is that they will say something which has a presupposition, something which they, because they believe in God and, 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 I'm, and I'm no doubt that they do believe in God and they do believe in exactly what they're talking about. Um, but it's when you start pulling some of the threads that their argument starts to unravel. And so I found that a really good way of way of doing it is to try and just pull at the threads a little bit and ask the, ask some of those questions, you know, the street epistemology type of uh, approach to it. Because I've often found that um, when, you're, when you're in a debate with someone who is religious, they know some specific sections of the Bible that I really just don't know. I mean, I've probably read them at some stage in my life, but... You know, I'm not encyclopedic. I don't remember absolutely everything. I don't remember chapter and verse, so to speak. Um, but I do know from from all the things I've read, and I've read the Bible a few times, um, and I've studied certain parts of it for certain things that I'm doing. You know, if I'm writing an article or something, I'll go back to the back to the book and just sort of you know read it through again, try and read it in context, try and understand it, and things like that. So I've read some specific parts of the Bible. Uh, but when they come up with something which is a specific chapter and verse, I like to get, a, I, I often take a Bible with me. I've got a little, little handheld Bible that I take around. Um, and while during the discussion, I actually get it out and I start reading from it and discussing that exact passage and where it comes from and all that sort of stuff, because what they tend to do is to cherry pick certain things to prove a point. Uh, and it's actually quite good to say, well, what, where, how does that fit in context and look at it a little bit? It drags the conversation out a little bit more. But what it does, it starts showing, as far as I'm concerned, it starts showing the people in the audience that where they've, they, they're talk, what they're, the, the part they're talking about is actually not in context or it doesn't flow 
with what they're actually saying. Because it normally just a few chapters after or a few verses after, you've got something which is uh, contradictory or it puts the what they've actually their argument puts it into a little bit different of, of a different type of context. You and actually, get used to it after a while. And actually being honest with the context is important. Yeah. Because one of the things that um, almost knee jerk uh, that theists often throw back at us is when we take a when we take a Bible verse that we have a problem with, they'll start they'll start saying, "Oh, you're taking that out of context." Yeah, you don't understand uh, it. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, well, the whole thing's taken out of context because, um, I mean, come on, the way the Bible constructed, you know, sort of like Genesis thirty eight nine, you know, Exodus, you know, blah blah. It's all yeah, numbered, mm. so. You get little tiny sentences and quotes. So you get something like, honor your mother and your father. Uh, and Christians will take that as being something good. And then, you know, read the next sentence. It's got another number. That would be, um, if your children disrespect you, stone them to death. So it's, you know, just ridiculous to, uh, Oh, Mark, you're taking that out of context again. <laughs> isn't, isn't it interesting, though? Sometimes when you 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 can pull something like that up, um, that they will say you don't understand what the passage means. It has to be interpreted, and it's very difficult to argue with someone who who is when they when they state something and you retort to that. You look at that and you sort of say, well, what does that actually mean? How does that work? Uh, the, the the thing that's thrown back a lot of the time is you, that you you don't understand. I mean, this is the thing that I think is, is you know, it, it, it's it's a lie you, it, that you don't understand something. You know, I've, I, as I say, I've read the Bible quite a few times and I've sort of, I do understand where the passages are going. I understand what the, what the narrative is. Most of the time, I mean, if uh, if I don't know a passage, then I'll that's when I get my my Bible out um, and go through it a little bit more while they're talking. I'll, and I'll ask them specific questions about the the paragraph they're talking about um, because I don't think that that most people who go into the debate circle um, in in that way not not on the sort of the big stages. I'm not talking about the big debates, you know, the ones that get onto YouTube and, you know, uh, are well-known, you know. Or with uh, the sort of, that we've already done to death. Yeah, I'm, I'm just talking about the ones that, you know, that, that you can go to smaller smaller places and you can discuss with, you know, um, philosophy with, with people. Most of the time it's, it's uh, philosophy. Um, but I don't think they really, they don't really understand their own Bible in the way it's actually laid out, actually written what the background of it is. Um, we've spoken before about the sort of the, the political background of the Bible and things like that. Um, and they don't, uh, they don't have any clue of that. So yeah. when we're talking about something within the Bible that is like, you know, the walls of Jericho, you know, things like that. Um, one of the things I, 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 I spoke to Jason about, we actually did a podcast and was talking about the walls of Jericho within that story, that patriarchal story. The, the Jericho had been destroyed for 300 years or a hundred years or something. I can't remember exactly how long, but for many, 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 many years. So 
that story about the walls of Jericho could not have existed. But when you start talking about this could not existed, they'll fall back on things like, well, it's it's a it's a it's a story to to reiterate something, or it's a story to push a point. You like, but if it doesn't, if these things aren't real, if these things these things don't didn't actually happen, then what can you trust? What is truth? What do you mean by truth? And this is why I tend to go down is what, what do you actually mean by truth? Because if this isn't true in this story, historically, it couldn't have happened. Like many, many things in the Bible, they couldn't have happened. Where does the story lay? You know, yeah, where and does the and whole point, Andy, that, um, you know, uh, yeah, we know that the Bible isn't, it, it's just a man-made, you know, fantasy. It is. So it's, it, from my point of view, there's little point in debating it because we. How many times have atheists UK been invited by various religious factions, um, Christians, Muslims to? You know, so, um, what good uh, is is the Catholic Church a force for good or bad? Uh, is religion a force for good or bad? These keep coming up time and time again uh and i w- i will not debate people on that because it's just absolutely pointless it's there for entertainment and um i i, I just don't see and i will not I, I, hang on just i will never ever debate creationists absolutely no way and you know coming back coming back to as I say, the earlier point, you know, is religion a force for good? Well, does that really matter if it's not true? Well, there is an answer to that, and it's no. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Is the Catholic Church a force for good? The answer is no. No. That's it. Debate is over. Although saying that, that is one debate. The if I don't know if you remember that one from a few years ago um, with uh, Christopher Hitchens and Stephen Fry. That was um, very good. That was and and Widdicombe and that um, Catholic bishop who from Africa who I who I don't even remember who he was. I mean, and people's minds were actually changed in that debate because it was how they had a poll before and they had a poll afterwards, and it was very 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 clear that mind when you look at the numbers that minds were changed. Um, but well, when you've got people like, like um, you know, Stephen Fry, Hitchens, you know, those, those sort of people who are, you know, they're incredibly lucid. Mm. They yeah. understand these things very, very well. And, they, and they've had to suffer them for years as well. Mm. I mean, Stephen Fry specifically has had to suffer a lot mm. um, through religious bigotry. Yeah. Hitchens has, has made his career on debating with these people and writing about it and, and all that sort of thing. I think for for people like us, it's it's, it's interesting for me to debate. I, I do enjoy conversation. I do enjoy debate. I understand. I like the the um, not even not even if it's in a formal setting, but just talking with someone who's a theist that actually believes is fascinating to me. Now, this is uh, this isn't me trying to uh, change their mind. It's not me pushing atheism because I don't care if they're, they become atheists. Or I don't really care at all. Um, but it's just, for me, it's just a fascinating conversation because again, it's on that, that um, 
philosophical level, you know, because I want to understand what's going on in their mind. I want to understand where their thought processes are coming from. What it is, what is it that they, or why is it that they believe in a supernatural being? I mean, I, I, this is the thing that's, because for me, it's not, atheism isn't some sort of cause, you know, it, it, it's, it, I'm an atheist because I don't believe in God and that's, that's it. The rest of it, the reason why I'm in, in a UK and I've done, um, you know, worked in uh, AAI and stuff like that in the past was purely because um, I'm interested in helping people who are uh, trapped by it. You know, I, I, that's a bit of a cause for me. But most of the time when I'm discussing with people, I, I just want to find out where they're coming from. What, what, what brought them to religion? Why do they believe in a supernatural? And it's and not specifically it. just, you know, like God, but it's mm. it's the the sex below it, you know, the, the things like, you know, Christianity and Islam, you know, mm. is it is it purely family? Is it purely tradition that's mm. that's there? Have you actually thought about what it actually means? And I quite like your analogy from earlier about pulling out the threads because again, one of the things that I find um and I find it incredibly frustrating is when you're in a debate the person you're, and even if this is just a conversation rather than a formal debate, you, you sometimes get the feeling, and I and I think this works both ways actually. Even with us, we have the point that we want to make. They have the point they want to make. They respond, but don't listen to the point that we've made. We respond, but don't actually listen to the point that they've made, and we've just and we've just ended up talking past each other. Both of us, as uh, as as uh, one one commentator says, we're both stuck on send mode. Neither of us are in receive mode, and I think that's one of the advantages of the whole street apology street um, epistemology idea. Yeah. By picking up those threads, you need to listen to understand, and you are asking them questions that they need to respond to, and often you will ask them a question where should we say the script that they have can't be followed because again, a lot of them have these comebacks like you're just talking out of context, whether yeah. or not we are in context or not, they will say, but you're talking out of context. Because I'll, they, they I'll need to win the argument. To, yeah. Mm. Sorry, sorry, Andy, I'll, I'll uh, revert back to one of our previous podcasts. Um, we, uh, we don't have a script as atheists. No, uh, we don't have we a script have, of podcasts either. No, that's true. <laughs> no, we do have not. some standard, We do have some no, responses. No, though. but the uh, the religious apologists they have a script. Yeah, because they're indoctrinated into a script, and mm. uh, I mean things like uh, so let's just pluck it out of the air. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm. It's not even a religion. It's just it's just a cult. Uh, but they've got a script. That's why they've got little sticky things, you know, post-it notes in their Bible, you know, hundreds of them when they come to your door, so they can actually open it because they can't remember what they're supposed to say. They've just got to, you know, look look it up. Uh, but atheists know all this stuff anyway. And one of the problems then that we encounter is because we're responding to the same old scripts, whilst we don't have a script, we do start having stock responses. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you saw one of the comments on our Facebook page the other day um, talking about probably, I think it was one of our, one of our video 
when we were talking about the whole thing about look at the trees and we talk about the irreducible complexity of the eye. Now, the reason why we keep talking about those is because those are the issues that the religious people brought up first. And as a result, those are the things that we tend to end up talking about and knowing a lot about. Um, but to this person, it seemed to come across to them as, oh, all you atheists ever want to talk about is trees and eyeballs. And it's not. We're, we're no, responding. This is, this, is, this is the thing, though, Rich. I mean, it, it, you know, in, in if you were in a formal debate, which I say I, I've not done formal debates, hmm. but when I've when I've had um, when I've been doing debates, and there happens to be um, you know a theist who is pushing the concept that there is a god, and I'm sort of dragged up because I'm the sort of I'm the stock atheist that's sitting in the corner and said, Andy, up here, <laughs> you're on. Um, in those sort of situations, it's, it is really interesting because the they don't have a lot of people who in in these debating um, meetings don't really have a script. They don't really, but they they do have a lot of stock stock processes. So, for instance, they will talk about you know the the teleological argument or the argument from design. They'll talk about that um, because they can't believe that it can be created this you know this whole world can be created from nothing and that to me is is a really good starting point because you can you can quite easily talk about it doesn't come from nothing you know this, again the stock answers it doesn't come from nothing you know that it, it that evolution is a fact and what you're again with your find is with a lot of these people who aren't um taught these these arguments they're not taught the arguments but they're they they've heard them and they sort of regurgitate them they don't really think about it what you'll tend to find is that they, their argument falls to falls to bits pretty quickly mm. because they because they don't want to seem stupid so they can't say that that evolution isn't a fact <laughs> you can't actually say that because they will look a little stupid in front of people because mm. i think most people um you know, understand that evolution is a fact. You know, we we have massive, massive evidence for mm. evolution and natural yeah. selection. So they can't actually say that it isn't a fact. So then they start backing backing up and going around in circles and sort mm. of trying to find every every little route in mm. uh, to back up what they've just said about you know the the, the creation of the world. Yeah. I spoke to one person that um, said it was created in seven days. And I said, would you actually mean a, a 24-hour day? And that's all I asked him, a 24-hour day. And he, and he literally went into meltdown because he's suddenly going, no, I can't mean that. <laughs> but that's what the Bible says. But I can't mean that. How do I get out of this? And he actually literally went into meltdown. Fact, I feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and, and plus the fact, one of the, one, again, one of the issues from, from, my, from my point of view is um, – you know, to take the old acronym of the Pratt argument, previously refuted a thousand times, we keep hearing the same arguments time and time and time again. Now, we've heard those arguments time and time again, but the person making that argument, the chances are, if they're making that argument, they've not heard the refutation before. Or if they have heard the refutation before, they're so indoctrinated that they either didn't listen to the rebuttal, they don't understand the rebuttal, they don't want to understand the rebuttal, and just seem to think that just by making those arguments again and again and again, they will somehow get through to us. And, of course, it won't. 
And again, it's another reason why I get very bored at debates is because the same questions get raised time and time again. Yeah, like, and Andy, what, just to pick up on what you said be, before there, um, I had, uh, well, I've had similar experiences uh, where I was, uh, you know, with somebody I knew, not a friend, just, just somebody I knew. And uh, I said, oh, I saw you on uh, YouTube the other day. Uh, I didn't know you were president of Atheism UK. This was a few years ago, obviously. Uh, I said, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, well, um, have you have you found Jesus yet? <laughs> so, oh, here we go. He was down the back uh, of the sofa. <laughs> yeah. And, um, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, I just said... Uh, how how do you know what you know? Uh, that's all I kept saying is you know how do you know that? How do you know that? How do you know that? And this this guy just started to visibly shake. I could see it. He was uncomfortable, and I was being very friendly, and he was starting to shake just because I was saying, "How do you know that?" How do you just keep saying how do you know that? Uh, it was it was actually quite uncomfortable uh, for me to see a grown man who's six foot six and you know about twenty stone uh, and a, a a wrestler just going. Uh, uh. <laughs> it was it was just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. It was. Uh, what I said is, how do you know that? Well, that will that will happen with with many people because they the their faith isn't most of the time it isn't a thought out thing. It isn't a thought out process. It's you know something which they've grown up with, um, and they take it as as read that this is the way the world is. This is the worldview I have, yeah. but they haven't actually thought about it. And it, and what I find is when you're talking to people who are practiced at apologetics um they don't get flustered with things because they, they've worked out and planned exactly responses for anything that you ask or anything you say but when you're talking to people who are you know christian for instance or uh, or a religious person when you're talking to a someone who's believes they're a religious person but they haven't actually really thought about what it actually means to be religious what they're actually believing in they don't they don't actually think about that too much so when you actually start talking to to people who are like that who are uh untaught they haven't been taught to do apologetics this is one of the reasons why there's so many apologetic um training courses nowadays there's loads in you know you can you can have an apologetics training program now and you can go yeah well andy can i but most of these people don't do any, don't actually understand what, why they believe. They just believe. They just have faith. They've never actually sat down and thought about what does it actually mean to believe in this specific thing. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. Uh, uh, I was getting excited there. Um, <laughs> uh, can we drag this back to our, our, our original uh, question? Again, <laughs> you're not saying we've gone yeah. off tangent again. So it's always me. I know I'm so boring about that. Dragging it back. Uh, Sounds like me when I'm chairing meetings. To that, but um, you know, uh, debating 
stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, what what is the point? I, should we should we be doing it? Um, I, I I don't want to spend my time doing that. I think, uh, given that the world has changed, uh, certainly with pandemic and stuff, and you know, certainly in the UK, that uh, we don't go out and uh, meet people face to face anymore. So I think uh, I would like to think that what we're doing now with our new podcast series is, uh, you know, doing that sort of debate. I know we're debating ourselves. And we yeah, argue I mean, it's, it's a similar other. job, isn't it? it but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and people can, can, can watch it at their convenience as well. I mean, yeah. we're not necessarily going to get Muslims watching this. Uh, we're not going to get Christians watching this, um, you know. We're not going to get you know, pantheists watching it necessarily. No, uh, we'll be preaching to the choir, but sometimes the choir does need preaching too, as they say. Yeah, but this, yeah. See, the thing is, though, I mean, it's like it's like you know, John enjoys discussion. Okay, and the reason why John does that is because he enjoys it. It's not because he's trying to um, hit some some agenda or try and prove people wrong or all those sort of things. I mean, the, the people he's had on, on his show has been really interesting. There was uh, one the other day with uh, a couple of guys, one a theist, one, an, one a scientist who I guess is more atheist than theist. Yes. Um, and that was an incredibly enjoyable discussion to listen to because it's two people talking about, I'm not talking about just us talking to people, but you know, when you hear two people having a, a civilized discourse on, a subject is it can be very interesting because you find out a little bit more about the the, the, the mind process you know where they're coming from and things like that so john enjoys it so that's why he does it i, I enjoy talking to people and discussing things with people because i want to find out what's going on in their little noggin you know that that's for me is is an enjoyable thing to do i wouldn't go into um going into doing debates specifically because I, I because I want an agenda where I want to uh, turn people away from religion, for instance. I, I'm not really interested in in that aspect. It can happen, and I know that whenever I've done these debates, when I do them, sort of the ad hoc ones, when I go to these uh, philosophical um, debate meetings, then I know that people have come up to me afterwards, and I've had long, long conversations with people, both who are either non-believers or uh, agnostic, if you want to call it agnostic, I don't really understand exactly what that means anymore. But, um, or people who are believers, they do follow religion, but they're not that religious. But they do follow religion, and and they ask it. They're, they're normally they're asking me questions about how I came to be an atheist, yeah. and I think this what they're looking for is. Is that me? You know, I think with a lot of people, when they're listening to debates, they're not listening to just the arguments and, and cheering one side or another. I think there are there's lots of people who do that. But I think there's also people who are going, I need to, I, I want to try and find out a little bit more about myself as well. Mm. And, you know, listening to some of this stuff, it does make you think about what you actually believe. And I think that's probably the most important thing is that people start to think about what they're believing and why they're believing it. Well, that's a really good point there, Andy, um, about the bits, because 
usually it's um, atheists being invited to, you know, discuss, you know, is religion good or bad, you know, is the Catholic Church good or bad? Yeah, as we said previously. However, um, atheists uh, don't invite people in to uh, uh, discuss it the other way around. Um, so, um, I do. I'm just, I'm just wondering, yeah, yeah, okay, John, yeah, yeah, thanks, but uh, I'm just wondering how, how that that would work if, um, uh, you know, we invited you know, fundamental Christians to, co to come and debate atheists, whether they'd refuse or not. I can tell you some stories about that. The Another the, time. <laughs> well, we are running out of time, but uh, mm. I've got a couple of comments to follow on from what you guys have said. For the, the free thought hour that uh, Andy referred to was when I interviewed Tim Hull, uh, an evangelizing Christian, uh, calls himself a pastor. I'm not sure how qualified he is. And Sam Priest, who, despite his name, is a science teacher. And that debate, apart from being interesting during the hour, has rumbled on. So if you go to unbelievable exclamation mark on Facebook, the Facebook group, which is, is private, so you've got to join it, then you'll see that uh, Tim... Uh, and I am still going at it. <laughs> anyway, yes, I enjoy this. And it's because I'm a teacher, you know. I'm, I want to give people information. And, and I'm used to doing it. You know, I've spent my lifetime standing up, facing the other way to a crowd of people whose eyes have been on me. So I don't get scared about it anymore. It's a natural thing for me. And I want to tell you about um, the very first debate on belief that I had, which was seven years ago, over seven years ago. And it was because eight years ago, I was exercising the kids in a park nearby. And I met another guy who was doing the same thing. And he turned, we had a chat and he turned out to be the newly appointed pastor of the local Baptist church. So, we struck up a friendship. I explained to him that I was an atheist, and, and he thought that he'd have a go at trying to convert me around to his belief. So we used to meet for coffee, and then eventually he challenged me to a public debate. So we had this in the hall of Parkside Church, Littlehampton. And this is also, I, I got a friend of mine to film this, so this is also available online. And it was great fun. But the thing is, you, you don't want it to turn into an argument. <laughs> you don't want, you don't win any hearts and minds if you look as though you're aggressive. So it's got to be a debate. I came here for an argument. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's got to be a debate on reasonable terms. So that was on the subject of why I'm a believer, in his case, why I'm not a believer in mine. And then subsequently, about six months after that, I had I appeared on the unbelievable premier Christian radio show debating against Jonathan McClatchy, who has subsequently become Dr. Jonathan McClatchy and is now a lecturer at a Christian university. They have such things in just at the outskirts of Boston, Massachusetts. So, and And... That is available as an audio because, you know, in those days, radio didn't have pictures. And uh, also, I remember the name of the, the guy I, I debated for the 
Christian Union at St. Andrews University before Christmas uh, 2019. And it's Andy Bannister, Dr. Andy Bannister. And the subject of that was, did Jesus rise from the dead? And my line was, he had to exist before he could rise from the dead. Let's debate that. Listen, guys, I think we've sort of hit our time now, but but I think it's been this this has been been a good good little discussion because so for me personally, I think um, you know debating things is valid and it's good um, to a certain extent. You know, for for me, I like to have conversational debates personally. Um, I've never really done a uh, an official one. Because uh, I think that would be that it, it would be too adversarial, um, and, I, and I, I don't know whether I'd enjoy it. I might, I may give it a go at one point. Uh, I know John likes to have those debates as well. Uh, sorry, um, yeah, John wants likes to have those debates. Rich, you've had debates, don't really like them too much. Not and, really. Embers, that, you just don't the bugger off, basically. Uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> well, I mean, it, I mean, uh, for me, it's more a case of when I make a point. Uh, you know, that's valid and a point that I, I can demonstrate is true uh, and you get blanked and they just turn around and said no it isn't said, yes it is here's you know when you actually show evidence and people blank it that 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 frustrates the hell out of me to the point where I don't find it enjoyable anymore yeah so did, did I sum it up about right for all of us yeah I think so I mean it is it is valuable I think the right people have got to do it and they've got to do it for the right reasons. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Andy, if you ever do a first to first, don't take the drumsticks. <laughs> Can I just finish the anecdote of the pastor who I debated in Littlehampton? Because uh, he didn't reckon he'd done justice to his case, so he forced me to debate him twice more. <laughs> Once in another church in Chichester, and once in a Skeptics in the Pub meeting in Horsham. And uh, following that, following the, the third failed attempt to convert me, he shuns me now, I'm afraid. We don't go and have coffee anymore together because he's a nice guy. But, you know, I'm... Do you think that's what he was actually trying to do then, John? Was actually oh, just, yeah. That was yeah. his, 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 yeah. his reason was to convert you? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The evangelicals, the, the Baptists, they're missionaries, aren't they? So they, yeah. they do want to convert. All right. Cool. Well, we've got to wrap it up. Um, thanks, guys, for, for uh, joining again today. It's been brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe. Um, if you like these conversations, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, and if you've got any questions, please put them in there. Put them in the comments, um, and we'll get around to them. We do, we do answer anything that comes in. So uh, And we... Do promise to be nice and polite. I'm, I'm looking for some validation here. He would. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, and, absolutely, and, absolutely, absolutely. And bring your tea. And bring yes, your bring tea, tea next time. Cheerio, sure. everybody. Important. Guys, fantastic. See you later, guys. Bye bye. Thanks. See you soon. Well, thanks for joining us today, and don't forget to click that like button. Also, make a comment, and of course, subscribe to the channel. We'll see you next time.